Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful The Islamic Propagation Office at Rabwa is pleased to present to you this lecture Entitled Raising Children By Muhammad Sayyid Adli Raising a children means 
deemed the girls who are in charge to provide all the means and the ways that necessary to bring up the child to a such level that he can be a suitable and good member of the Muslim community. Our society or our Muslim community exists from families and the families consist of individuals. So, if you can imagine a building or a house that you try to build, each unit in this building, it will add to the, to the solidarity Raising the children in Islam is not 
any obligation that we take in it due to the fact that we are parents and because we give birth to them now we have to take care of them because our parents did, to, did this to us also but it is a, a obligation in Islam so I'm not raising my child, taking care of my child because my parents have did this to me but more than this, we're raising our children, we're taking care of our children because this part of ibadah, part of ibadah. And when the Muslim, male or female, come to the realization to understand raising the children in the proper way is a form of ibadah, now he can be given more sacrifice, more time, and to try to do the best because he's going to be rewarded in what he's doing. <coughs> there is a difference between you doing something because you, need, you have to do it and something that you do it because you are required to do it and that you commanded to do it. So a lot of Muslims, they are not aware that raising the children and taking care of the children is an Islamic obligation. So any Muslim, you ask him about Salah, about fasting, why do you fast, why you pray, why you go to Hajj, all these things, because this is ibadah. But not every Muslim will realize that raising the children the proper way is a form of ibadah. So what I want in this moment, inshallah, to expose you to this information. And if you already have this information to remind you about this information, because it will encourage us. Your salah. To come more closer to Allah, now you need to improve your means and your ways of raising your children. How do we know that raising the children properly is a form of ibadah? The same way like you know that salah is ibadah. How do you know that salah is ibadah? Because Allah command you, or the Prophet sallallahu command you. This is the way we get to know that this is a form of ibadah pleasing to Allah, because we've been ordered in the Quran, or in the authentic son of Rasulullah sallallahu to do so. <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in the Quran Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu Qo anfusakum wa ahlikum nara Oh you believe Save yourself and your children From hellfire Save yourself, protect yourself As well as your children From hellfire So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding us to take all the necessary means and ways to protect ourselves as well as our family, our children from hellfire. That means Allah says, protect your children of going to hellfire. And it's staying away from what Allah has forbid. This is the way. This is the way you're going to have the protection from hellfire. 
So by giving our children the proper direction and protecting them from the wrong direction and the blocking the way towards the wrong direction, this is the way that we save them from hellfire. And if we do what Allah has commanded us, now we are pleasing Allah, we are worshiping Allah, we make an ibadah to Allah. The Prophet made this very clear and specifically about the parents by saying, كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّةِ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم Each one of you is a governor and each one of you going to be questioned about his government. So you are as a father. In your house you are a governor. And what's under your supervision, wife and the children, you're going to be questioned about it. And also the Prophet ﷺ is saying that وَالْمَرْأَ رَاعِيَ فِي بَيْتِ دَوْجِهَا وَهِيَ مَسْؤُولَةٌ عَرَّعِيَتِهَا That woman is a, a governor. In the house of her husband. And she will be questioned about her government. So we understand that we're going to be questioned in the name of judgment about whatever that Allah put us in charge of. If you are a principal of a school, if you are an imam of a mosque, if you are in charge of five kids, if you are a husband, if you are a wife, whatever position that you're in as a leadership, as a person in charge, you're going to be questioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the name of judgment. Did you take care of it or you neglected it? So, this shows us that taking care of our children is a form of ibadah. We have to be eager to do the best towards our children while we are alive. Because this will benefit us. Because when you die, this is somebody else's deed now. And Allah says, That nothing that you achieve except what you earn. Okay? But in three, in three cases, this exception, you'll be dead, you'll be in your grave, 
and the reward is still coming to you. How is this? One of them, the Prophet said what? A waladin salihin yad'ulah. One is a continuous charity. Like you build the imam as a temple. One is continuous charity, like you build a mosque, and the people keep coming to pray in this mosque after your death, you get the reward even you are in your grave, you already dead. But every day reward comes to you. The second case, you teach somebody and now you already dead, and the person is still making salah, and every time he makes salah, he reads the Fatiha, which he has taught him while he was alive. Every time he reads the Fatiha, he get reward in your grave. You see? The third case is what? Waladin Salih in If he has a son or a daughter. But any son, any daughter? No. The Prophet was saying what? Waladin Salih, a righteous son. Because if you did not teach your son while you are alive about Jannah, the mosque, Quran, reading Hadith, you did not provide him with these things. He's not going to think or remember you after your death. You see? If you did not give him the proper guidance while you are alive, he's not going to think about you. All what he thinks about when is my father going to die, so I can inherit his Mercedes or his sports car. I like his car, but I could not get it now because he's alive. So he could not wait until his father died to get his car. But if you raise your child about Salah, Mark, Quran, the Sunnah, the good deeds, now when you die, he will remember you and he will make dua for you. And the dua of your son while you are in your grave will help you. You see? So this shows us the importance of taking a good care of our children. Because when we are in the grave, we're going to be in very bad shape, needing, looking for any small, tiny blessing. You see? You never know what is your case in the grave. So you'll be in need for anything to help your kids there. So can you imagine if you had future that you raised them in Islam on the Sunnah and now they remember you. Oh Allah forgive me and my parents. Okay? Oh Allah send mercy on them. Now this dua will help you in your grave. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us to increase the number of our children. Get married, multiply the number of your children, because I'll be proud with you in the day of judgment. So when you have any children, raising them to be Muslim, you are contributing to work, fulfilling the wish of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and you will make this available there for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi to be buried with us in the day of the judgment. The necessity of taking care of our children 
come from day one. You don't wait until you have a child seven years old to teach him the Salah. There is a lot of work that you do before this. And believe it or not, raising the children in the proper way, according to Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu having them Muslim by action, not only by name, it doesn't start when they are four or five years old, it starts even before they exist. Why do you think the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa a man will be a marry a woman because one of four reasons. He may marry a woman because of her beauty, or her wealth, or her family rank, or because of her deen. And the Prophet said what? فَنْفَرْ بِذَاتِ الدِّينِ تَرِبَتْ Marry the woman because of her religion. Otherwise, he'd be a loser. Okay? So why is the Prophet ﷺ concerned about marrying a woman with the religion? Don't put too much emphasis about the beauty or the money or all the things. Because all the things can go and come. Because this woman is going to be the first teacher for her child. She's going to be the person who spend most of the time with her child. She's going to be implementing a lot of teachings and ideas, not even by words, by her presence there with the child in the house. Your wife is going to be the first teacher to your child. So if you don't have the proper teacher in the house, that means this baby plant will be broken from day one. And it's going to be very difficult to spread it. Because you leave your job, you leave your house, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, you come back by five, six o'clock, look all this time, who's there except the mother? And the child is observing and watching everything about the mother. Alright? Why you see our children now carrying the cellular phone in the house and walking with it? They don't know what it is, but they got it like this on their imitation. They're learning, they're watching, they're observing. So the child is sitting there for 10, 15 hours a day, 10, 15 hours a day with the mother, watching her day and night in and out, in the kitchen, in the bathroom, in the living room, in front of the table, in the phone, everything. You don't know the child is already learning from day one? Sometimes we think that children did not observe and learn things until they five, six years old. It's not true. Why do you think a child, a baby child, keep crying, crying, crying until the mother wake him up? Because they know now how to demand things, okay? And by crying, we now put an impression on the mother to come and pick them up. They're demanding in their own way the mother to pick them up. 
this is reality that children get to learn things very early, more than what we can imagine. So the Prophet was concerned about raising the children in the proper way before even the children come to this life. Therefore, he gave you the advice, marry the woman due to her religion. Because she is the one who is going to be the example, the life example in front of your child. <coughs> the Prophet concerned about protecting our children also from the shaitan from an early time, early days. The Prophet taught <coughs> us that when one of us has intercourse with his wife, he's supposed to say the dua. Bismillah, Allahumma jannibna shaitan, wa jannibna shaitan wa maradaktana. That you say, Bismillah, in the name of Allah, Oh Allah, keep the shaitan away from us. And keep the shaitan away from what you provide for us. Okay? Because the Prophet telling us the shaitan attends your affair at all times. Wherever you go, whatever you do, the shaitan is watching, observing, living there. Even when you go to sleep with your wife. Therefore, it was very necessary to keep the shaitan away from you and also keep the shaitan away from the future child that maybe can conceive in this night. You see? Because the shaitan is one of the main obstacles in our way to Allah. He is one of the main things that takes the human being away from the Mustaqim. So Raising the children according to Islam is not only by giving, also by trying to keep away certain things. And one of the things that you try to keep it away from your children is the shaitan. So now, the Prophet says, if you do so, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you a child that night, he will be protected from the shaitan. <coughs> The importance of having a clean environment in the house is very important for raising children in Islam and having them on a Siratul And what I mean by this, the father and the mother, it's very important that we, parents, that we have to be the good example in what we say, what we do in the house because we have a lot of impact on our children. The Prophet saying, what the meaning is, كُلُّ مَوْجُودٍ يُولَدُ عَلَى الْفِطْرَةِ فَأَبَوَاهُ يُحَوِّذَانِهِ أَوْ يُنَفْتُرَانِهِ أَوْ يُمَجِّدَانِهِ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ Every child is born in the upright nature. Okay? But his parents are the ones who turn him from the right nature 
to be a Jew or a Christian or a Megan. When you're a child is born, you're born with good heart. No corruption. He's born on the fitrah. He's born on the Islam, he or she. But the Prophet says the parents, the father and the mother, or the father, or the mother, one of them or both of them. Why he said the father and the mother? Because this is the only environment that the child knows in the first early years. You don't to go give your child away, understand? One year old or two years old, leave it for you. Always the child, always the child supposed to be at least not like this. Nowadays, they now they have even babysitters for infants. You see, because the mother wants to go to work and the father wants to go to work and everybody wants to go to work. Money, 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 money. You see. But always the parents are there, and if not the parents, at least the mother there for the child, 24-7, at least for the first three to five years, always there for him. Things different now, does not mean different for the good, different for the bad, you see? Because you are acting from the environment of your child and you're allowing somebody else to put the influence of them on your child. This is very bad. So the Prophet ﷺ says that child when he born, he born good. No corruption. No deviation. Everything is good. He's in the upright nature. But his parents are the one who turn him. Turn him, take him away from the Sirat al-Mustaqeen. Okay? And they will turn him from Al-Islam to something else. They may turn him to Judaism or Christianity or whatever is there. They are about. And the child will grow like their parents. Their beliefs, their ideology, their way of behavior, the way of talking. He found children three years old talking about stupid, stupid. And the parents laugh, look, look. And after this, when somebody comes to visit, say, wait, 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 let me show you. And we go to spank the child. Or do something to disturb the child. So the child can say, do this, do this. And everybody be laughing. Why? You see? How the child does this word is stupid? When he hears the mother saying to the, I mean the father, I don't know, it depends who, okay? Sometimes I understand, depends who wears the pants in the house. Okay? So that sometimes you find the father, you understand, anything is big. Look how stupid you are. 5.30 and the dinner is not ready. It's so stupid. So the child keeps hearing every half an hour, one hour, the word is stupid, stupid. No, no, don't look at it. Don't listen. It's a bad word. It's a bad word. Okay? So the child starts... The child doesn't know what stupid is, but he starts to reveal this word. Can you imagine if every time something happens in the house and you say, Subhanallah, you see, look, look how Aisha is staring at me. Say, Subhanallah, and the father or the mother, anything happens, say, Subhanallah, 
The child doesn't know subhanallah is two, three years old, but you will start to repeat the same word. You see? You will start to repeat the same word. So the environment in the family is very important. And we are the cause of deviation or crookedness in the behavior of our children and their belief, the way they talk, the way what is us. So the necessity for raising children, it takes the parents themselves to set themselves a good example. And never say, oh, he's too young. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. Okay? No sound, brother. Different means and ways of raising the children, giving direction. And the Prophet ﷺ was talking to his stepson. And this Ibn Umm Salama. He was a kid, little child. When he used to eat, he said his hand used to go all over in the place. You know how children are so sloppy, some of them, and be going all kind of mis... I said, what should we Okay. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, No sound, brother. There is nothing called the two young. Teach them. Teach them, kill them. The Prophet said to him, When you eat, say Bismillah. Eat with your right hand. Eat from what is closer to you. So this shows the importance of teaching and discipline our children, the proper adab, the Islamic behavior in everything. Don't allow your child as a double as soon as he comes from the door, take his shoes off and throw it in any place. With the shoe shelf, give them a discipline. Does not have to be something called Islamically Quran and Hadith said. They have to learn rules in their life. When they come back from the school, they did not throw their jacket one side, the book back one side. There is nothing in Hadith say about this. But there is something called discipline, general behavior. We have to learn. You see? We, so, here is the Prophet giving examples by teaching son of Umm Salama, which he was in his business and made this mistake. He corrected him by giving him the direction, how, how to eat, what to say, all this. So we have there is a special manner for eating, special manner for using the bathroom, we need to teach our children when they go to the bathroom. How they to go to sit in the toilet, how do you need to tell him, injure yourself. Stingy yourself. He doesn't know what stingy is. He will know, okay? He, he doesn't know the term itself, but tell him, watch your body part. Stingy yourself. Now he understands that the part, wash your hands after you use the bathroom. This thing is very important. Implemented from 
early age that will be with the child all his life. <coughs> but the son of Ibn Salama, radiallahu anhu, said, since the Prophet وسلم, told me this, this became my manner and my behavior, the way how I eat all my life. Because implementing and teaching the children things in the early age, stay with them all their life. He found the Prophet وسلم, and the ordering us to take care of our children, especially about Salah, مروا أولادكم بالصلاة للسبع وضربوهم عليها لعشر وفرقوا بينهم في المضايع Order your children to make salah when they are seven Thank them when they ten and they neglect the prayer Separate them in the bed So we have to learn how to introduce the Islamic obligation in the life from an early age and not only wait until they take it and we order them, <coughs> but we as a parent, we already make a salah. So in actuality, the child already been exposed to the salah. So when I'm talking to him, when he's seven years old, he already saw salah. And he already gets the habit of making salah. But now, we need to understand that he's old enough to take things more serious. So now we order in him. But does not mean before he was not making any salah. We found the Prophet وسلم, telling us that the best salah that you do the salah where you make it in your house. Except in the obligatory salah. Okay? The Prophet telling us the most rewarded salah for the men. It's the salah that you do it in your home, except the obligatory. Okay? So that the Prophet telling us, go and make the sunnah in your house. Now when you make the sunnah in your house, this is a blessing in your house. This is help the angels to be present in your house. And what else? Now you exposing your children to see you making salah. Yes, the mother making salah there. But also, we want them to know the mother makes salah and the father makes salah and the child makes salah, everybody makes salah. This is something that is very important. And now when they reach 10, now the, the responsibility comes here. It has to be more respect and more serious to them to such a degree if they did not perform the salah, they get a spanking. Not a beating, okay? Spanking. And what else? Now is the time they are getting to this development of their body and approaching a serious age. So before they reach this age, now we'll try to give them special direction. Now the child could not sleep in the same bed with the with his sister. You see? So there is a, a, a code of behavior and discipline and adapt and akhlaq that we need to implement it. We have to observe, we have to watch. <coughs> and we have to introduce this thing to our children in an early age. Raising the children 
required of clean environment in the house as well out of the house. Clean environment in the house as example, watching our words, our action, a father and mother to avoid dispute, argument, cursing, carrying their anger in front of the children, at least in front of the children. If there is a dispute, wait until the children is clean, or go to a private area in the house and talk about it. We don't want to display our argument, disagreement, and maybe bad words in front of the children, because it's going to be in their mind, and it may be even stay with them all their life. And the big possibility they will reveal them themselves when they grow up and became a father and a husband with their future wife. We need a clean environment, not only in what we say and what we do, also the things that in the house, like a TV, monitoring uh, the, the computer, uh, the telephone, you see, because these things can be a means of destruction. Yes, we understand there is a good in uh, computer and using internet and things like this, uh, make research, but also there is some harm. And you know the children, they can have the access to these things and misuse it. The same thing, the telephone, all right? When they reach a certain age, we have to monitor where they going in the internet or what they're doing, okay, and things like this. So clean environment in the house is very important for raising our children because they can be exposed to something which can have very bad impact in the life. And somebody says, as example, this, you understand, we really don't watch too much TV, okay, and only uh, what you call the news, discovery channel, or things like this. But do you know that sometimes a commercial that comes between the news, is a commercial come between CNN or no? Or uh, only news? Come to commercial. If you do your homework, don't look and don't listen. Sometimes the commercial comes, and the commercial does not have to be for half an hour. It has to be a half an hour. It can be a half minute. By Allah, brothers, believe me, it can be a half minute, it can be even quarter of a minute, and will make a bend in your child's mind. No commercial. Talking about gum, nothing else. But what they usually display there in the commercial, a half naked woman. And now we're talking about gum, but now to make a commercial about gum, now a woman and a man kissing, and in the commercial 15 seconds, so 10 seconds will be what for the kids. Why? Because now this new brand of this gum is so good and refreshing and smell good, and now it gives a longer kiss. 
So now can you imagine if you're a child looking for something like this? In the commercial, 15 seconds, nothing else. One time, one time, this is. So raising the children is not only by giving. It's by giving and taking away certain things and keeping away certain things. It can be destruction for them in the life. I want to talk to you about something because we could not keep our children 24-7 inside the house. We take them out to shopping or we take them to the car even to go to the mosque. Let's assume we are not going any place except to go from the house to the mosque. We see a lot of things in the street. Okay? We see things in the street and if we go to school, especially if we go to public school, which is very destructive, means a way of raising our children, very bad, very serious, and does not mean that I have something against education. I'm not talking about education, I'm talking about the environment, the environment of education, this is what I'm talking about, okay? Now when we, we take our children and put them in a bad environment, from 8 o'clock until 3 o'clock. Because maybe your child doesn't watch TV. But this cancer boy or a girl, they watch TV. What do you think the children will be talking to each other when they are in the cafeteria, when they play in the recess, when, when, when? What are they going to be talking to each other about? About Bukhari and Muslim? The Kufar, they don't know Bukhari and Muslim. They know Yo and Go and uh, Mickey Mouse and all the things and Superman and Superwoman and Super all the things and other stuff. You see? So now, when we take our children to this environment, we are not helping our children. You may have a clean environment in your house, but now when you take them the environment outside, it's so corrupted. And the child will be in this environment at least five hours every day, five days a week. In actuality, some of the Muslim the children, they spend time with the kuffar and the environment of the kuffar, more of the time they spend with their parents and the mosque. So how are you going to have a healthy environment for your children? The Prophet is telling us, مثل الجليس الصالح والجليس السوء كبائع المسك ونافخ الكثير. The Prophet is telling us, the likeness of good company and bad company. Like a person who sells perfume and the person who blows in the furnace. Now, pay attention to this. This is beautiful hadith. We can read it, but sometimes we did not see how far this hadith goes in our children's life. The Prophet says, having good company, your surroundings, your friends, okay? Having good company, like what? Like the person, the example of this, like a person selling perfume. A person who selling perfume, when he 
in your company <coughs> when he is in your company you will smell something good is it? this is one possibility the second possibility he may give you a free sample the third possibility that he may buy, buy some perfume from him this is the example of the good company, a good friend. That means, under any case, you are not harmed by him. Because the minimum you want, you will smell something good. Because he himself selling perfume, all the time he carries this perfume, he, he already smells perfume himself, even if he did not open his bottle. Okay? So, Sitting with the person selling perfume is never going to harm you. You always smelling something good. Alright. What is the other example? The other example of the bad company, bad friend, bad environment, bad people, sitting, company, walking with you, talking with you, riding the bus, uh, the school bus with you. Okay? Is the company in maybe an hour? Five minutes, ten minutes, once what is in your company. Now the best company is like the blacksmith. The person who blow in the furnace. If you sit in the environment, in the company of the blacksmith, the person who blow in the furnace, there is two possibilities there. If you're sitting there and you blow the furnace, you know this sparkle comes out of the furnace, and land in your shirt and make a hole in it. It will burn it. You understand what I'm saying? Or, if you did not make a hole in your shirt, at least, you know, the smoke that's coming out of the furnace, you will smell what? The bad air. So by any means, if you are in the bad company, there is a damage for you. And this is the example of good person you be with him or a bad person. So can you imagine if our children every day from 8 o'clock until 3 o'clock is going to be in a Catholic school. Okay? The teacher is not Muslim. Male or female. The principal is not Muslim. Not that Muslim there. So they are not going to tell your child about something that this this not right, this not Islam, this not Sunnah. And there is nothing called separation between male and female. Especially when they have physical aid. Now they require special clothes. And usually we put them as a partner doing things, boy and girl. And this is how things start developing between the children. Okay? More than this, some of the schools now they have a special classes or a special uh, introduction and courses or programs about safety. So how you can imagine putting a Muslim a child in such a kind of environment and want them to be a good Muslim? Even if they do not introduce them to anything, the mixing between boys and girls, playing together, eating together, he starts like her, she likes him, and all the things, and this is the development of 
boyfriend and girlfriend later on, which is introduction for adultery and fornication. You see, good environment is very important for it, our children, not only in the house, but out of the house. We have to know who our children to play with and who they play with. Yeah, maybe our kids go to Islamic school, but summer camp, where do your children go for a summer camp with? When you're a children in the weekend, you play basketball, you play basketball with who? You see? Because these children, these kuffari children that they're hanging with, they have different habits. Smoking, cursing, you name it. You think your child, you understand, is the, is the angel? So, we have to be concerned about who our children socialize with, spending time with. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, لا إِلَّا مُؤْمِنًا وَلَا يَأْقُلْ تَعَامَكَ إِلَّا تَقِيمٌ Don't have the company except a believer. Your friend has to be a believer. And the person that you bring here to your house to be in your company, the righteous one. Righteous one. There is a lot that we can say about the environment. But sometimes we did not think about the impact of the environment on our children. If some of you remember the story of the man who killed 99 people, and in the end, the scholar, he gives him the advice. What was the advice if he wants to repent? He says, leave the state that you're in. Leave the country, the city, the town that you're in, and go to another city. Why? He says, because there is, فَإِنَّ هُنَكَ يَعْبُدُونَ اللَّهَ فَعْبُدِ اللَّهَ معهم. He says, when go, you can check Riyadh al-Saliheen chapter about repentance, the story of the man who killed 99 people, and you can read it. Except if you have this booklet by Sheikh Sayyid Adli, once upon a time, you found the story there. You have it The book story. You don't have it. So the scholar told him, leave your city. Go to another city, because there is Righteous people there, they worship in Allah. Be with them. And don't come back to your town because this is bad, evil surrounding. So the environment has a lot of impact on our children. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying what? Protect yourself and your children from hellfire. To protect your children, you have to keep the bad company away from them. Also protecting our children from the shaitan. As we give example, before the man had been caught with his wife, he would say the dua. Also the Prophet what he used to do? He used to protect his grandchildren, Hassan al-Hussein, by reading khlaq falat al-nas on them. And before he used to say, 
من كل شيطان وهامة وكل علم لامة I protect you by Allah the complete perfect word from the evil of the shaitan and the evil eye okay so reading on our children and saying dua for our children and because the shaitan always try to attack us physically or by deviating us from al-Turatul So providing a protection for our children from the shaitan is very important. And also raising our children as Muslims require a means of protection and nourishment with dua, dua publication. As it came in Quran, رَبْنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعِمْ وَجْعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا O Allah, grant us for, from our wives and our children a good for our eyes. So the dua of the parents and the Prophet ﷺ has told us that supplication of the father to his son, that means the parents, the father or the mother, to the children, male or female, is, will be answered by Allah. But answered by Allah. So, the problem here is that we found some parents, instead of praying for their children, they will pray against their children. And this is very bad. And the Prophet ﷺ has warned us against this. And say, be careful. Don't supplicate against yourself or against your children. Perhaps will be a time of answering, and Allah will answer your dua. And this is something very common in Arabia, in different places. The child, because he did anything, and the mother say, روح إلهي سيارة فلا مدر إيه تدوسك أبعيد تطلق Because the child broke a glass by accident. Any small thing, you understand? The mother say, Oh Allah, may Allah send uh, a, a trailer, a tin wheel, a trailer hits you and makes you like a ground beef. All kind of things, you'll be so surprised. This in Islamic countries, it's so common to hear mothers making dua against their children because whatever that they did wrong in the house. So the dua of the parents for the children will help them a lot for being good children, insha'Allah. Means and ways of raising the children is not only by education, and not only by preventing them from certain things, kindness, the best treatment, kindness, love, uh, playing with them, all these things is very important. Not only being as a father or the mother, a person that always yelling, thanking, but we have to provide our children with love. 
And it's not only a matter of buying toys for the children. You know that the Prophet ﷺ gave us a good example. He used to make out of himself a ride for Al-Hasan and Al-Hussein. Okay? Like go in the four, in four hands and knees, and they ride over his back. So we need the closeness, closeness between the parents and the children. Because if we did not have this love and the closeness, they're going to be scared to tell us about their problems. They're going to have confidence in us. You see? And if they do something, they may come and lie because they're scared. So develop a good relationship between you and your children. By love, playing with them, giving them things, read stories for them sometimes and things like that. It's very important. And also we have to be very careful of giving them the wrong information. Sometimes we go to the library, the public library, give all these books, and the mother will read or the father will read for the children. But I want you to think for a moment what you're reading for your children. Really, think for a moment. You'll be so surprised about all the stories that you're reading for your children, the Superman and the Super whatever, and uh, I forgot what the name of this story, Mermaid, Mermaid or whatever, what you call it? The little mermaid? You heard it? Okay. You'll be surprised. Think about what you're reading. You are teaching your children in the wrong aqidah, in the early age. You're telling them about the superman and the man who put the stones and this man who hit it with the stick and turned it, you understand, to, to, to a monkey and after this he spit on it and... It means that a human being has the ability to do the things and that he can do the magic on this and turn it to a frog and the frog can happen and the child will go with all the things in his mind. Okay? We have to be very careful of what we read for our children. In the meantime, we need to take advantage of the early age of the children because they have a good memory. And it's right to introduce memorization of the Quran and searching dua in the early age. Because they have the capability of memorizing. Okay? Of memorizing. And, and mashallah, I, I missed uh, the, this brother. His name is Yusuf. Brother of Yusuf, I think he's from Morocco. He's a child seven years old. He's embarrassed. Where was we having the conference last month? Arlington? Yeah, he was here from Dick. He's the body of mashallah. He has two boys. Seven years old. And he has 13 years already. The almost halfway of the Quran, you see? But this, it takes commitment. It takes concern from the children. The children are means to please Allah. Our children is the means of worshiping Allah. 
Our children can be a way for us getting the blessing, getting gender. It can help us when we are in, in, in the grave. So use this early age by teaching them about dua. Memorize the Quran, all the things. We need to fill the time of our children, the leisure time. We can special living in a country like this, there is a lot of vacation, all right, or some holidays, and also there is a break from the school about two to three months. This is a long time in such a life. We need to fill with something good for them. Something positive. Not only fill it by education, try to train them to do things. You see? Try to train them to do certain things. Certain things. Develop them physically. Like taking them as example in front of the house, collecting the trash, cutting the gas, in the bushes, this is some kind of a training, not only a matter of education, reading a book and listening to a story. We need to get this, because this also, it gives them some kind of development in their life. You see, how they can handle certain things in their life. Also take them for working, jogging, because the things we need to develop the children, not only words in their mind, we need to develop them also in their body, physically, to be strong. As we stated in the beginning of the lecture, the Prophet Sallallahu saying that Al-Mu'min Al-Qawai is much better and dearer to Allah than the weak one. So we need our children to be strong, physically, and this by exercise, walking, jogging, hiking, lifting. You need to take them for certain sports, not to make them lazy, certain sports which gives them some talent. Okay? As example, fishing. Fishing is something to teach you the fishing. You see? This is very important. Because you can be taking them for half an hour with your fishing rod and nothing comes. You may spend three hours and after this you go home with nothing. You see? But how the child going to be sitting and have this determination waiting to see if he will get something and after this he tell him that everything by the will of Allah, maybe inshallah next time. And to develop the things to know that there is things called Qadr Allah. And the things having with Allah wants it to happen. So he will understand there is power and mighty over what we want. This thing is very important. Teaching our children certain things to develop them physically and mentally and spiritually is very important to develop them as Muslims children. Especially like what Umar advised us to teach our children about swimming, horseback riding, shooting, okay? All these things are very important for the development physically and at the same time it can help them in the future. Okay? Or back riding, shooting, 
this is something very important for them. It is very important that we listen to our children complaining. Alright? And they try to solve their problem. I can't finish it. It's very important that we listen to the children complain and they try to see what is bothering them and they try to find a solution for their problem and they try to hear from them. Okay? Partly, okay, so what do you think? What do you think Mahmoud we should do about it? Okay? Try to see, give him the, the, the uh, exposure to that he can think and it can be part of solving the problem. We as parents, we have to struggle to be good parents, i.e. righteous to the best of our ability, because our righteousness will help the development and the future of our children. When you be a good person, doing the right thing, this is something it will be helpful for your children. When we read in Surah Al-Kahf, in Surah Al-Kahf, the case about Musa, alayhi the prophet Musa and the children, when they wanted down and they erected the wall. So, when Musa, alayhi complained about it, he later on the children, explained to him, وَأَمَّا الْجِدَارُ فَكَانَ لِغُلَامَيْنِ يَتِيمَيْنِ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ وكان أبوهما صالحا فأراد ربك أن يبلغ أشدهما ويستخرج كنزهما I say I say the word that I erected without recharging the people taking any money from them I did this because this world we need it with the pleasure the pleasure belongs to orphan but this often the parents used to be very Muslims. So if the wall fell down, the people of the town they go to see the money. They will take it. The children will take too late. They could not do anything about it. So because the parents used to be righteous, Allah inspired me to erect and fix the wall so the treasure will remain hidden until the children reach the older age, they can go and get the money that their parents will for them. See, this is the proper insurance. Not going to get an insurance policy and getting into usury and these things. Allah would make a way to protect you, protect your property, protect your children. When you are being good with Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of you. With no insurance company, with no anything in that time. Okay? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made a way for this money that is very under the ground in the dirt to be paid for this little children to grow and they will get it. You see? This is Allah's insurance. And this is Allah's work. And He made the Prophet Musa and the Khidr be the one who work and labor to build the world for all the children. But why? Because the parents need to be good. They need to be righteous. 
So if we try to be good Muslims, this will help the development and protection, will provide protection for our children. It's very important that we have justice between our children, treating them equal, not to develop jealousy and envy between them, giving one and not, you don't give the other one. We start to hit each other. We start to have competition. And the child tries to go and spoil or damage the story of his sister. Why? Because he bought something for his sister that he didn't buy for him. So we have to be fair among our children, treat them equal. We have to understand it is our obligation to take care of our children, clothing them, feeding them. <coughs> okay? Because this is part of our obligation as Muslims. Not only concerned about raising the Muslim by teaching them Dua and Quran, but it is your responsibility to feed them, support them, raise them, shelter them to the best of our ability. It's very important for the parents, father and mother, to protect their children physically also and keeping all danger things away from the children. Poison, my flag, cholera, exposed wires in the house, all the things getting like this and the children go after this and something hurts them. We have to be responsible. Developing our children and raising them as Muslims require protecting them physically also. Not exposing them, letting them go play outside. No proper clothes. Going outside and the child going outside with a t-shirt. Catch a warrior, better in It is our obligation. And <coughs> to keep a good eye about our children. That their hand doesn't reach to something that can be dangerous for them physically. We have to set ourselves as a good example for them. Never lie in front of them, not even if we joke it. Because our children will imitate and learn from us lying and other wrong things. How much more you want to Should I open the rest of the file or this is enough? I will, I will really stop here because, yes, because uh, now with whatever that I didn't cover in the lecture, inshallah with the question answered will be... Uh, you can... Do you mind the computer? Okay. Okay, no problem. Okay, let me take my stuff from here and give you chance, inshallah. So inshallah I'm going to stop here. There is more and more can go, but inshallah hopefully that with the question that we can cover some of the things that I didn't mentioned, but basically you have to understand that prison children is not an easy job and that both parents, they have to help one another to raise the children, inshallah, and remember always that raising the children 
in the proper way, in the form of ibadah. And if you do it right, if you reward it for it, and I hope that this, inshallah, can be enough encouragement for us that raising the children is a form of ibadah. And if you do it right, you'll be blessed by Allah, inshallah. Dear Shaykh, assalamu alaikum. What is the proper way to perform Rukia for our children? Reciting Quran and then blow and wine over them. How do we do that? Okay, the Rukia for the children, the, the Rukia if they are sick. Okay? And there is a thing that you do it, as the Prophet used to do it every night. And this by reciting Ikhlas Salak Okay? That you put your two hands together and you blow in it and you recite Ikhlas Salak and after this you wipe off of their body. Start with the head and covering all the body. Okay? The other one that he's talking about, Rukya, if your child has some illness, physically or an evil eye or hazard or magic or whatever it is, that you can recite Quran on your child. You can use any surah. You can use the Fatiha. You can use as a courtesy. Any part of the Quran, inshallah, is good. You put your hand on the child and you read. Okay? Uh, uh, you can read some of the dua. Like, أذهب البات رب الناس أشفي أنت الشافي وعيدك بكلمات الله التامة من كل شيطان وحمد رب A lot of dua. You can see it in the authentic publication, inshallah. So, the ruqya can be done from the Quran or from the hadith, inshallah. I, I just mentioned two, and we can, I refer them to go to one of these authentic books about dua, and you will see the special dua for Rukia and protection for the children, inshallah. One of the things that we should be doing, the Prophet sallallahu advised us that when the night about to approach, bring your children from the street, bring them inside the house. Because this is the time when the shayateen starts spread. Okay? So, this is also another means of protection for our children, not to let them stay outside in the time which is a rush hour, traffic hour for the shayateen. Get them inside the house. What would you advise us about the coming video for children like Adam's world? Uh, if no music involved in it, this number one, make sure what you call it Islamic video, there is no music in it. Alright? The second thing, make sure that there is a, a meaning behind the story to teach the child is not only a video to make a money. Also, don't to make it to be a habit that now the child always sticks to the TV and the VCR and they have nothing in their life except Adam World or Adam Video or whatever it is. It can be like a treat, like once a week or once a month or whatever, but not every day and every hour. And Allah knows this. 
So people argue that if you do not let your children watch TV like cartoons, etc., then they will watch TV at their grandparents' house and feel bad towards their parents. We are responsible about our children, not the grandparents, the father and the mother. They are the first one responsible about their children. And they've been commanded by Allah to protect their children. And let me tell you one thing about cartoon if you don't know. Cartoon is nothing except the same movie that adult people watch, but in the form of cartoon. Nakedness in it, lying in it, killing in it, boyfriend and girlfriend in it, but instead of real people, it's cartoon. So they made something for those people who own and those who are young. So you have to understand that the shaitan and his company from the kuffar and others, they are there for you. So cartoons is nothing except the same deviation and the same wrongdoing. Exactly. But how to solve the problem? Solve the problem by finding alternatives. Okay, find alternative for our children. Let's take them outside. Let the family sit with them, spend time with them. Let us talk with them about the stories in the Quran. What happened to the Prophet Musa? What happened to the Prophet Yusuf? What happened to, to the Prophet Noah? We have enough stories in the Quran to tell our children about it. And don't think that every... What about you? You didn't have cartoons when you was a baby. The parents who live in nowadays, when we grow up, we didn't have cartoons, we didn't have TV. Even children with schools watch TV, so how can we help our child to face the peer pressure and not to feel hurt? If you see your child watching a TV in Islamic school, you mean regular TV, you need to do something about it. That means this is a Muslim school, not an Islamic school. Muslim school that gathers some Muslims together. Islamic school, Islamic school that means the principles, the teaching, the ideology, the book, the curriculum, the according to Islam. You tell your children that what the other people is doing is wrong. Remind them about Allah. But the fear of Allah is their heart. Talk to them about Jannah and how you understand that Jannah is so good. You be patient, you be good, you don't do this bad thing. Allah will reward you, Allah will give you this and then it's what we need to do. Some who say Akhidah, etc. are not important for minor child or minor children. They can learn it when they are elder. So if this is right, what is the age when they should be learning about Akhidah and other stuff? The Akhidah needs to be taught with the child from day one. The child is not going to be doing things except if he doesn't know that this is pleasing to Allah or this 
displeased Allah. This is very, very important. We are not asking you to teach them Aqidah, get Aqidah, Wattuqiyah, or write, or Bahawiyah, uh, and this stuff. Teach them. Excuse me. Teach them Aqidah in their, according to their age, according to their understanding. That means how to teach them Aqidah, that Allah see you wherever you go. Don't lie because Allah can hear you. Don't do this because even if you go to the bathroom and you close the door, Allah can seize you wherever you are. Okay? Do this because when you do this, Allah will reward you. Allah will take you to Jannah. So now you're teaching him about Jannah. You're teaching him about Allah, that Allah sees, that Allah hears. This is the Aqidah. So the Aqidah needs to be always taught to the child. And the child doing things because he's doing it because of Allah. What is the age that we should start teaching Quran? We hear from the history that there were people or scholars who used to memorize Quran from before uh, before they reached the adulthood. So how is this possible? Because the parents they took care of them. You see, faith is completely different nowadays. Those people with the main concern, they never taught their children anything before they learned the Quran. All the science and mathematics and, 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 and they teach them reading, writing, Quran. When he memorizes the Quran now, he's able to study any other subject. So the emphasis of those people, number one, on the Quran, memorization of the Quran. This is the reason that by nine or twelve years old they finish the whole Quran. But now look, even in Islamic schools, or Muslim school, the child will finish, will finish fifth grade, and he didn't even finish last June. But compare the other things that he take in history, in math, in English, in, 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 in all the things. So there is a lot of books now being introduced besides the book of Allah. So this is the difference. Those other people, they never introduced any book besides the book of Allah in the early age of their children. This is the difference. There is a priority in our life different from their priority. Their priority is something different from us. A city where we don't have good Islamic school, if a group of parents start to perform homeschooling, what steps can or they should take? Do you have some suggestions? My suggestion if there is no Islamic school in your house instead of having a home schooling, try to see who else in the community, make a survey, see who else in the community that have the same problem. That means they have a children and they want to do something about their children. And this way, if you know that there is seven, ten families have the same thing like you, now you can cooperate efforts together and to try to organize something concert and if the mark will be available because most of the masks in the United States and Canada from after started pressure until there is nothing going on. So why the mask could not be utilized from eight o'clock until one o'clock for instead of homeschooling, you teaching your child the same thing I'm teaching my child now you teach your ch my child Quran, I teach your child math, and this way we can lighten the burden of each other. 
So I will advise those sisters or brothers to make a survey, vote in order the bulletin board, make announcement after Jum'ah, we think it to do such and such. Those who have the same needs and wants, please contact so and so brother or so and so sister. And after two weeks, three weeks, see who you have, and after this approach, those organizers or those people in charge of the mask and see the possibility of doing certain things like this, inshallah. Is there an example among the Sahaba where a family has three or four children or more children and how they taught them and disciplined them? I could not record you anything immediately right up from the Sahaba, but you know the Sahaba they did not have birth control bills and all this con uh, means of uh, minimize the number of the number of the children. They have a lot of children. No sound, brother. in her house, you see, if she is not going to teach the children, how much time do you think it will take to cook a meal? And do you have to be standing in front of the stove for two hours to cook a meal? After you both understand the onion with the, with the oil and make it burn, uh, uh, brown little bit, and after this you throw the tomatoes and the beans in, you leave it, you cover it with water and leave it for an hour and this is. And now they have this part that it whistle when it's ready and everything of what microwave and close it and it's gone. What are we doing? Vacuum cleaner. What are you talking about? Everything now became electronics and things like this. You know what the Sahaba talking about? The Sahaba? These people used to make the bread, not making the bread. They used to have to ground the flour. They used to have to make the bread. They used to have to cook. they have to do all the things. What are we doing nowadays? You see, what are we doing nowadays? Vacuum cleaner, five minutes, the whole house is done. So actually, from 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock, until you go to sleep again, what are you doing? Because your husband is the one who is responsible to go and work and make the money. So you have another mission in your house. So what is the problem? And you know one child goes to sleep, another one is awake, or maybe even off, all of them awake. You can sit in front of them and go, you color this paper, you write your numbers, and you write your alphabet. You get beauty. Somebody's playing, somebody taking a nap. I don't see what is the problem that people complain, they understand. You want me to come and show you how to raise your children? You have to place the time, use your time. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So I think we need to be more serious about our mission. And like I said, what we've been created for, for ibadah of Allah, to worship Allah. So what? You, you finish vacuuming, and about 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock, you're going to start to prepare the meal for your husband when he comes. So what? You have about 5 hours every day. What are you going to be doing? I'm sure that each mother have enough time, regardless if you have five children or ten children, you can take care of them. Look to your grandmother, especially those people coming from overseas. 
Yet many brothers and sisters, how your mother took care of all of them. But some of us became so spoiled that we don't know how to deal with three children. I heard that we are not allowed to hit our children. My son is three years old. Sometimes he just becomes uncontrollable and doesn't want to hear anything in that case. In that case, if I hit him a little bit, will it be a sin? We are not talking about hitting children. There is something called spanking. Okay? You could not hurt a child. You could not abuse the child. You could not put marks in the child. And the hitting sometimes does not have to be really hitting. It's something to show your 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 resentment or your your disapproval to what he's doing. As example, the child wearing a pamper and a pants. Now, when you hit him on the butt, okay, so actually you are not, he doesn't feel any butt. The, the, the action itself, doing this, it makes him know that now something going to happen as a result of what he did. Develop the love between you and your child that now, okay, I'm angry at you. Now, I'm not talking to you anymore now because you did this. Okay? Now, I'm not, I'm not taking you with me to the supermarket as a example. Okay? I'm going to call dad and tell him that you are a bad boy. So we don't have to be always hitting the children. We have to find also another means to let the child know that what they're doing is wrong. And now, if they like apple juice, okay, no, you're going to drink water, no apple juice for you because you were a bad boy. This also will affect them. So we have to find different means also. A related question, what is the correct Islamic viewpoint of beating, disciplining the children? Back home, we have extreme, uh, we, we are in extreme extent that we beat up with strong, hard sticks, both at home and school. And here another extreme is calling 911. So where is the balance? What does Islam talk about? Take the middle course. We just uh, mentioned it. Beating with sticks and all the things and, like, I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Okay. Sheikh Adli, my oldest daughter didn't revert uh, and she keeps trying to get my 11 year old to go to her Christian church by offering to take her out for lunch. If she keeps on trying to make her go, should I or can I let her see her sister anymore or should I stop her to see her in this place? If it comes about really taking her to the church, no, you don't allow her. You have to explain this to your daughter that she could not take her sister to the church, she could not even talk to her about Christianity, and you warn her. And if she didn't listen, so now you don't let them be together. Don't trust him, and she wants to visit her sister, she can be in your company under your supervision. You mentioned that the dua read before intercourse would keep a child away from the shaitan. Could you explain how the dua keeps the shaitan away? Keep the shaitan away from the child, not keep the shaitan away from the... Uh, I don't know, Allah, this is, 
it will give him away by following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The dua, what's the same thing, the dua, how it works? You're asking me how to show you how the dua works, I don't know how the dua works. Following the sunnah and making the dua, this is what it is. The dua is sufficient by Allah's will to keep the shaitan not to bother him. When our speakers uh, are talking about intercourse, sexual behavior, etc., uh, are we supposed to keep our children away from the lecture or uh, should they just uh, attend the lecture and uh, this is just a normal process for them to learn about these issues? If such segregation is needed, then in some of the masajid it's hard to do that. How should we respond to this need? There is no need to prevent your child to be in a lecture like this because even the child doesn't know what the word means if he's in an early age. And if he knows, so that means he heard it already. So he will be hearing it in the mud in the proper way. Alright? So there is nothing wrong, you understand, to hear something like this. And this is the means of the child development, also to know that the stand talks about the things and there is a proper way to do things. Can TV, VCR, computers be so destructive in children that we should get rid of them? Because there are some benefits from uh, them also, but how should we make a balance? You, I don't know, I don't tell you about the TV because I don't think anything good uh, in the TV, especially for your children. But about the computer, yes, but it has to be monitored. That means you have to be supervised by the parents. Time, when, and where. Where, what kind of site they visiting, and what time they using the internet, and for what purpose. Okay, we have to uh, to supervise these things. Is it okay when a sister is the teacher of the boys of age 11 to 14, 15 in the Islamic school? I'm not sure I like the idea. Neither me, but sometimes we do things out of necessity, we don't have other choices. For our Islamic school, we have girls of minor age. Will it be too extreme if we gently tell the parents to make them wear proper hijab? And should the segregation, is the segregation necessary at this moment, although the boys and girls are of minor age? It's good to introduce this. And at the school, you have a dress code, and your dress code is Islamic dress code. So this is your right, like any other private school, you have a dress code for the children. And we should introduce these things to them at an early age. There is nothing wrong with this. There is nothing wrong with this, introducing these things to our children. If sometime our children, they saw any other kids doing any bad work, and that time, if we tell them that what, he is doing is wrong or he is not a good boy, will it be backbiting? <coughs> that means the other child? Yeah, I mean, you warn your child against it. You warn your child against the act. Okay? You don't have to mention so and so. But if it has to be a specific warning about a child, yes. Go ahead and warn him about this child. How can we encourage our spouses to improve themselves and be good Islamic examples to our children without hurting our spouse's feelings or insulting him or her? 
by getting touch lecture like this on a tape. Brother Rehan will give you a discount, five dollars for two tapes, and you will take it and leave it there on the table inside the tape recorder. And when your wife will see or your husband see the name she has is there, and they don't like to see this name, they're going to be curious what he's talking about. So they're going to play the tape and listen to it. We have heard so much about uh, you and your large family. Please tell us how your wife takes care of so many children. Inshallah, you will ask my wife about this, uh, this question. I don't know how, but I, I really don't know, and I ask Allah to help them, especially understand after having the twins now. So this question, I don't know how to answer it. You need to ask my wife. I can give you the phone number and you can call. What dua should I uh, make for my eight-month-old child so he will be good Muslim, inshallah, a dua in Arabic? You don't have to have a special dua. Say what is in your heart. Say what in your heart. Ask Allah to make him a righteous son. Allahumma ja'alum min al-saliheen. It does not have to be a special word. Whatever you want your son to be, good Muslim, Hafiz Quran, to be uh, Imam, to be a Sheikh, to be whatever, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Praise Allah and send peace and the blessing of the Prophet and after this ask Allah. How does the father make balance between his Islamic obligation uh, in the mosque or in the society and uh, children at home or family at home? The Prophet sallallahu says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a right over you. Your wife has a right over you, and your body has a right over you to give everyone its right, okay? We have to learn to balance our life, and we have to understand there is a demand, obligation. Brother, the piece is getting cold. What's going on? Okay. No more questions, because also uh, time for my flight is getting closer. If you don't mind, please, no more questions. Otherwise, let us eat the pizza before it gets cold, and after this, we can continue question and answer. Inshallah, no. I think... <laughs> Go ahead. Are you done with the balance? Uh, what was the... the balance between... Yes, so the person has to find the time to balance himself between so-called Islamic activity and believe it or not, and your family, and believe it or not, the first Islamic activity in your life is your children, your children, your family. Go ahead. Do you suggest to send children overseas to an Islamic institution to learn Quran and Deen, or is it better to keep the children uh, with the parents and teach them whatever the parents can? Uh, if there is a good supervision there, all right, that means that you I advise you, if you can do this, to do it. But I advise you that you go and visit the school itself, try to get, uh, to ask questions about it, and ask the people who their children went to this school and see what their experience. <coughs> and what happened from activities there after the school hours, all the things, so if it's good supervision there and they dedicated towards this, like I heard in Morocco and different places, and Mauritania, they have 
places in the native for this purpose, yes, you should. Because believe it or not, in a such a country, with such a busy schedule between here in America, we are not providing for our children, most of us, I could not say all of us, most of us we are not providing the proper direction and the proper environment for our children. And it will be better than all the things that you take your children and yourself and go to these countries where you talking about they have Islamic schools, so you will be monitoring your children yourself and making sure everything is going right in their, in their life. You mentioned that righteous children will keep on adding other after death. Will it be also for uh, like students whom we are teaching Quran and uh, other people? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. If you teach somebody, you guide somebody, okay, and whatever they do, after your death, this will be a reward for you all. Sheikh, what is the difference between Nasheed and music? Are they not the same? A brother told me that Nasheed and and I had no idea what he was talking about. The nasheed is the word in itself. The music is the sound that comes from the instrument, the musical instrument. So this is two different things. Nasheed is the poetry or the word in itself that you say it. Okay? If it's company with music, now this is have a different ruling. Okay? So this is two different things. Till what age our children can play with dogs? Uh, until they can, they don't need it anymore. Is there uh, any specific dua or something we can do for the child who is of two or three age uh, and has a very bad behavior? There is no special dua. Ask Allah what you want for your child. Whatever problem that you see with your child, ask Allah to help your child with this problem. There is nothing called special dua if he's hyper, special dua if uh, he has a weak vision, special dua if he's curtain. There is no special dua for everything like this, you understand? You as a parent, concerned about your child, Make dua and keep in making dua until this problem, inshallah, disappears. Is it right to promise children something so that they will do something? Which is to say, if you do this, I will give you such and such. It's fine, but don't take it as a habit. So the child only will do it for the price. But sometimes we can reward them for what they're doing. And sometimes we can promise, but you could not take it as a habit because the children would be used to this and they did not do it until you give prize, uh, until you promise them and after this they can put demands in you. This is not right. It has been said that the weakest Islamic school is better than public school. What does the parent do when the Islamic school within the community has problems such as lack, uh, which lacks appropriate resources or like playing music or poor teacher retention, etc. Should the parents keep the child in the school? If this is the only choice in front of you, otherwise if you're going to provide something better in your house, for sure, take the child to the house. But if not, you think putting it in a public school would be better? 
Of course not. So now you have one of the choices that you're going to do the job yourself or that we always look for the least the least evil. Okay? If you are between two choices and No sound, brother. You were talking about classes in the school about sex. That refers to health, cl health classes too. My 13-year-old is going to start taking health this semester, and it makes me a bit nervous. What should I do? If this is a public school, and uh, you have to see what they learn, okay? And also the environment of boys and girls. You can request, you understand, write to the school and tell them that you're going to teach this subject to your child in your own way. Or that your child needs to be exempt for a religious reason from such a class. Otherwise, if your daughter is 13 years old and you have her in a public school, you are in a big problem. Because it's not the health class, is the environment, is worse than this. Because the environment, there is many things happening in the public school. Maybe you don't know what's going on. There's a question which, uh, is it right to send our children to another country where he will, all by, he will be all by himself to learn Quran? I think the Sheikh already answered that. The next question is, my in-laws are not practicing Islam, and when my family, or my husband or my wife, this, this question is general, goes there and sees another world, what should I do? Minimize the visit as much as possible. And if you go there, you have to give da'wah. You could not see the evil and be sitting there and be part of it and smiling and letting your children see that this is okay. So it's very important that if you could not do anything about it, at least minimize, minimize the visitation to your in-laws. If your daughter asks you that she wants to go to Islamic University, do the parents have the right to refuse her to go? And can she go without her parents' approval? Where is this Islamic University that you're talking about? And what kind of environment Islamic University? Yes, the parents, they have the right. Because Islamic University is not a must. Obeying the parents is a must, okay? As long as you have the basics of your deen, now this further in your informational Islam is not a must, okay? So you listen to your parents. Well, I think that they're asking that the university is in Saudi Arabia. Even if in Saudi Arabia. If your parents want you to stay home or get married, because if we're talking about going to university, that means you are in the age of marriage. Okay? So, like I said, you already have the basics of Islamic Aqeedah and Islamic Adab. Your parents, for whatever reason, they want you to stay home, you stay home because obeying them is obligation in you. But getting more education in Islamic University is not a must. Mm -hmm.
the question is, is it same for the male student? The question was female, but the brother is asking the same as for male. Okay. As we understand, I could not first see a, a parent that wants their child to remain in the house. I could not, I don't know how to answer this question because I could not see the possibility of a father asking his child who is 17 years old, 20 years old, to stay home. To do what? Because he needs to get married, he needs to get a job, he needs to earn a dollar, he needs to support himself, he needs to do many things. A boy is different from a girl. So we see that a, a father will ask her son, his son to sit in the house, what? Clean dishes? To do what? Oh, this is a different story now. So, yes, if your father wants you to remain in the same country with you, as example, okay, uh, for, you to, to, for protection or for concern for you, that means you have the means to have it in your country. But you want to go to another country get this education. It's your, your duty to listen to your parents. Sisters think that taking care of children at home keeps them away from attending study circles at the masjid, and they get upset. Please advise us in this regard so that uh, they know the sacrifices that they are making. Again? Sisters, they think that taking care of children at home uh, keeps them away from attending study circles at the masjid. So give us advice regarding this, but what they are going to get the reward of taking care of children at home. It's working better for the other sister? No, 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 at home. Like when they're taking care of children at home, uh -huh. they miss out on Islamic studies at the masjid. Okay. They cannot participate as much as they could before because of children. So yeah, but her obligation toward her children comes first. It's more important or important than attending the Islamic study circle because the tea can be taken to her. She can listen to the lecture. You see? The purpose of coming to the mosque is getting the knowledge. If you're talking about reward, your prayer in your house more rewarded. So if you're talking about the education, you can be in your home and you can be listening to the lecture. If you do not listen to it alive, it will be brought to you after a couple of hours. So what is the big thing? You are doing the right thing, taking care of your children. There is a priority. Especially that some of this education and this study circle is not the basics of your deen. As long as you have the basics of your deen, stay to your family. The priority comes husband and children. This is the priority of a Muslim woman. Allah, husband, children. This is. Any other activity comes outside, it comes if you can do it. Otherwise, you don't do a thing in your house. So there is no need for you to be in the Islamic study circle. It's not a social club. It is a means to get the education. So the education will become brought to you. We have the means now, the education will be brought back to the house. So what is the big thing? Do you recommend any authentic book in English on the stories of the Sahaba? Sorry, I don't read anything in English. I barely can read, English, I can read English and talk English. All my work or all my study in Arabic books. So I'm sorry. Some people say that children in 
Some people say that children in public schools would be better equipped to handle the pressures of American society than those in Islamic schools. Uh, Let those who worship America see what America is going to give them later on. You see, it became everything. We, we have Islam and America. So you're going to have Islam first, and you're going to have America first. And with this impression, uh, uh, the pressure comes in the new, this material thing, and this study and degree is not going to solve it. But what is going to solve it, if we are a true Muslim, stand up and ask Allah to remove the calamity or the pressure from us, this was going to work. You can get the PhD degree, and you can be sick physically or mentally, and with the more pressure in you, the car is not going to solve it. The job is not going to solve it. Another degree is not going to solve it. But if you are a true Muslim, you can stand before Allah with two rak'at and dua, the, this pressure can go away. We are left with two more questions, and inshallah with that we end. What is the Islamic ruling on taking children to Disneyland, water parks, or sightseeing, etc.? Take them to sightseeing, okay? Take them to, uh, to sightseeing, this is good. Give them something healthy and good. They can ride a boat, okay? They can swim. They can collect different flowers and plants. Get something clean while they still enjoying it. Let them see the creation of Allah. See the stars at night. Take them for camping. Make a fire for them and sit around it and talk. You see? What you going to see in Disneyland? Mickey Mouse again. And the music. And the naked women. And all this crazy things going on, this what we going to admire, and this what you always be talking about and dreaming about. There is healthy things, take them to sea land, why not? Let them see the creation of Allah, the small fish and the big fish and the blue fish and the, the fish with one eye and the fish with all, let them see the things, take them to the zoo, let them see Allah's ability and the creation of Allah and let them remember Allah will be seen things and magnify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we need to feed our, our children something healthy
the people usually already at their work. You see? So after five or six o'clock, the people start, or the people usually go in the weekend. When you go there Monday, barely you can find somebody there. You see? So we have to find a different way how we can teach our children swimming. We are not telling you take them to this places, uh, uh, professional places which boys and girls and naked men and naked women's area and start to teach them about swimming, right? You will have to always choose the right environment. If a child is very mad about something, uh, he is really hysterical. What is the correct way to deal with this? Try to talk to him, try to reasonable with him, try to teach him to say, A'udhu Billahi Shaitan Rajim, teach him in the easy time, not in the difficult time. That when something happens to you like this, remember Allah, Mekudu, say, A'udhu Billahi Shaitan Rajim. Okay? So give him the medicine early. So when in the symptoms of the illness appears, he already know how to deal with the situation. Okay? Let him okay, you need to cool out. I'm not going to talk to you, I'm not going to help you until you calm down. Sit down, let's talk about sit down first, okay? And you try to repeat this for the child and make them listen, sitting, and now let's talk about it. No need to get angry, okay? No need you understand to be yelling. Talk to me, I'm listening to you, okay? Like this. Can a 13 year old boy who knows Arabic lead the prayer? Seven years old, if it can lead the prayer. Not 15 years old. Okay. I think this is the last question, inshallah, from the internet. I skipped because I didn't understand, but I will read it anyway. When your children hurt themselves, is it shirk or wrong to tell them kissing it? It makes it better because mommy kissed it. I don't understand. Maybe I think the, 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 what she's asking is if a child, uh, she or he hurts herself or himself uh, with something, then is it wrong to tell the child to kiss it, uh, kiss the thing, like the table or whatever? Uh, oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, inshallah, uh, I don't, we're going to have to make it as an Islamic question now. Uh, we have to try to deal with our children in, in, in a way to release their anger and their, their uh, excitement whatever by different means. But it would be good, instead of telling him kiss it, say, say subhanAllah, say subhanAllah, say ya Allah or something like this. But you understand if the mother of not asking him to kiss the door, kiss the child's finger, or the mother will kiss the finger. Okay. Inshallah, I don't, I don't think you understand anything have to do with it about chair, except the sister who asked the question uh, meant something, or she knows something about he could not do this, okay? If something going to calm down the child from crying, okay, let mommy kiss it for you, or mommy love you. Same thing like when you take the child and hug it, and they try to bed, it's not a shirk, okay? But I don't know. I don't know what actually... No, it's not making it right, but this is, is a way, because I know that... 
Yes, it's better finding it's not to understand the child believed now by mother kissing him. It's something to show that that the mother, okay, my feeling is with you, okay? I'm, I'm hurt for what you have, okay? Try to like that in somebody, okay? Helping somebody with the problem that they're facing it to calm him down, like when somebody lose uh, a dear friend. And you say you understand, to them dua or uh, words, Islamic words. It's a matter of trying to understand. You are not returning the person back to them, but helping them getting over this situation, getting them out of this sadness. I don't know. You know what the best thing to answer a question you don't know how to answer? I don't know. A lot of people. All right, I think. Are you taking an effort? This is the best that I can do, and inshallah, if I said anything wrong, I ask Allah's forgiveness for me for what I said. So anything that I said in the lecture or any answer that I answered that is not right, it's from me and from the shaitan and Allah and his messenger is free from anything wrong that I said or I uh, made it in this lecture or this presentation or answering any question. Thank you for listening. Jazakumullah khairan. And uh, I think this is the end of it, isn't it? In conclusion, we ask Allah that He brings you benefit through this lecture. For more information, you may contact us through the following address. The Islamic Propagation Office, Rabwa, P.O. Box 29465, Riyadh, 11457. Saudi Arabia Phone 445-4900 Also 491-6065 Fax 497-0126 If you would like to listen to more beneficial lectures feel free to visit our website at www.islamhouse.com Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.